0: Hey, thanks for joining us for this Christmas series. My name is Josh, and I'm so glad that you've connected with us. We'd love to connect further, and I'd ask you to go to branchlife.church to fill out your connection card before you log off. I hope that this conversation today will encourage you during this season of your life. Thanks again for joining us. I'll see you after the talk.
1: Isn't there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is all about? And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom is pleased. That's what Christmas is all about.
0: Well, during this series, we are looking at the meaning of Christmas, which can be found all around you every day. So last week we talked about the star, which most of you probably put on top of your Christmas tree the last couple of weeks. When you see the star, it reminds you of of the amazing meaning of Christmas, so go back and check that out if you missed it. Uh, How many of you do real trees? Raise your hand. And how many of you are fake tree people? I am not judging you. I'm not not judging you in any way, shape, or form, but... um, We we do our Christmas tree in stages this year because we're busy. We got it on Thursday. It sat in the truck on Friday. It got stood up outside on Saturday, and some of the lights are now on it. No ornaments yet. No stars. So that's kind of where we're at in the process of the real tree situation. And all the fake tree people are like, "That's the point, you know. It's up. It's done. You know. I don't worry about it. It's fantastic." Uh, the, the other thing that goes on top of the tree is usually an angel, and you can look around and you can see angels in all the decorating, you can see angels in all the nativity sets, you can see angels up in lights. And so today we want to talk about the meaning of Christmas that you can be reminded of every time you see an angel in lights. Now we're, we're talking about angels, so right off the bat, I want to get some myths about angels busted, all right? We're gonna bust some angel myths. Here's some things that you need to understand are not true, right? Angels do not sing on clouds all day. They don't. They're not up there. Heaven is not a giant choir service that lasts for eternity. It is not how it works. And some people are like, I don't want to go to heaven. All they're going to do is sing all day on the god." Not going to happen. Are we going to have times where we're singing together? Sure. Is that going to be spectacular? Yes. But that not, is not what the Bible teaches we're going to do in heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches angels do in heaven. They do much cooler stuff. Now, angels don't hear our prayers. So don't, don't pray to angels. Don't ask angels for help. They don't listen to us. They, they, they don't really care what we have to say, right? They listen to God. They take their orders from God. They get their assignments from God. And so you can talk to God about angels, but don't try to cut out God and just go right to the prayers to angels. They're not listening. Number three, people don't become angels, so there's no connection between uh, uh, past people and present angels. It's totally two separate things in creation. And so we want to we want you to know that cre- angels were created specifically by God for a specific purpose, and people do not become angels. You'll likely never know if you've seen one. There's a, there's people all around that I think I saw an angel one night, and I, it was. Believe right, and we have these stories about some people see angels everywhere, right? And they're like, That must have been an angel, that must have been an angel. I think I saw an angel. No, here's what the Bible teaches about angels you're supposed to host strangers because you might actually be hosting an angel unaware. You, you might meet angels, you might see angels, but you're not, your chances are unless it's a spectacular once-in-a-generation event, chances are you'll have no idea that it happened. Angels are primarily spirit beings. They are somehow invisible and visible when they want to be, and that's part of their createdness, and you're not going to see them all over the place unless they're in your decorations. Number Lastly, angels are definitely not cute, all right? So, the little pudgy angel with the little belly and the little wings and the long flowing locks not a thing all right that doesn't happen if you read the book of revelation and you you read how angels are described there's all kinds of different angels seraphims and cherubims and cherubims they're all they're all around right some of them are creepy, right? Like a bunch of eyeballs, a bunch of wings, a bunch of heads. Like there's just crazy stuff happening. And then again, you may run into one that looks like a person. You wouldn't know what's going on, right? So they're, they're not these cute little floating fat babies up in there with little bow and arrows. So those are the myths. Let's bust those. Let's get that out of our minds for Christmas. And let's talk about really something valuable for all of us. Angels play an important role in our lives, and angels can teach us and remind us some pretty incredible things about who God is, the creator of angels. So in Luke chapter 2, this is why angels appear in all of our decorations. It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Man, a spectacular moment. This is one of those moments where the where the shepherds were not like, I wonder if that's an angel. Like, that's an angel. Like, no doubt, right? So it's either you're not going to know it or you're going to have no doubt. That's the two options that you got. And they appeared and the glory of the Lord shone round about. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, amen, that will be for all people. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. So an army of angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and good will Towards men, So, when you see an angel on a Christmas tree, when you see an angel in a decoration, when you see an angel in a display, or, or on a nativity set, here's some things that you can think about this Christmas season, and it comes, some of these come from Hebrews chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, and uh, the angels are going to teach us a lesson this morning about how to follow God. In Hebrews chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. I'm going to go down to verse 7, and then I'm going to jump to verse 13. I'll prompt you along the way. Hebrews is in the back half of the Bible. If you have a few Bible in front of you, you can grab one of those. If you don't have a Bible, you can keep that Bible as a gift from us. Uh, again, if you're in Genesis, you haven't gone far enough. If you're in Revelation, you've gone a little too far. Now, Hebrews 1 verse 1, long ago. At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days and that's the days that we're in, in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus who he appointed to be the heir of all things through whom he created the world. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the And the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's that's something you got to get your mind around. After making purification for our sins, he, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. What happens in Hebrews chapter 1 is this is a chapter where the flow chart of creation kind of gets put into place. You have God, and God is real. Now, if you're on a spiritual journey, is there a God and is God real is the first big question you have to answer. I remember sharing with my neighbor about Christ when he had cancer, and we talked for months about it, and one thing he said is, Josh... I don't know about the whole Jesus thing, but I know that there is a God, right? And that you have to s- settle that in your spiritual journey. God is real and He, and he loves us. Now, if God is real and all powerful, and how does He reveal Himself to us? That's a powerful question. He reveals Himself to us through, in the flowchart, Jesus, right? So God shows man His nature. Through his son, Jesus Christ, who is God in human form, the infinite becoming infant, that's Christmas, right? God sent himself in Jesus' form, in Jesus' name, king became peasant, right, here on earth so that you and I could understand with our limited brains the nature of God. Good luck grasping that whole thing. Jesus is the best shot we got at understanding it. So Jesus demonstrates and reveals God to us. And so Jesus and God are together, two, and with the Holy Spirit, three equal parts, separate but the same, right? And they are over all creation, and Jesus is holding it together with the word of his power. Now where do angels come into play? Well, angels have been created for a separate purpose, and so have you and I. And so the rest of the chapter is going to demonstrate the angels' role, and then it's going to mention our role. So I'll keep reading in verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, so this never happened, you are my son today, I have begotten you. I'll put that into more modern language. Hey, kid, I'm your pops, right? Jesus never said that to the angels. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son, he never said to the angels, you're going to be my kid. That's not their role. And again, he brings the firstborn into the world. He says, let all God's angels worship him. So the role of the angel is to worship Jesus. And again, uh, and of the angels, he says, he makes the angels, he makes, he makes his angel, angel and angel are hard words for a dyslexic, so you got to, you got to, he makes his angels, oh boy, this is why I don't read a lot from the platform, okay? Uh, uh, verse 8. I, uh, and, and, excuse me. For which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will to be him a father, and he shall be a son. And again, he will bring the firstborn into the world. He says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds. He makes his ministers a flame of fire. So the angels... The ministers, the messengers of God, are like wind, are like flames of fire, signaling movement of God in this world. They are the workers of God's will in this world, doing the spectacular on behalf of God. But of a son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever. He's going to say this is the position of Jesus. Now jump to verse 13. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool of your feet? He never has. Are not all, are not they all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation? Enter mankind. So angels are ministering spirits that's, that's their definition, that's their being, that's their biology, their spirits who serve, who minister to, who help those who inherit salvation. The sons and daughters of God are served by angels. That's their role. That's what happens. That's their mission. That's their that's their mantra, that's their purpose statement, right? That's their value. They value us because they're following God. And by the way, when you read through scripture, what angels do and how they show up through human history, It's amazing, it's fascinating to do the study of angels all the way from Genesis, the very beginning when they were created, to Revelation, where they still have a part to play. And yes, even in the Christmas story, when they're announcing Jesus' birth, when they're talking to Mary before she gets pregnant, when they're showing up to Joseph so he doesn't fly the coop, angels do what God has asked them to do, and that's take care of you and I. So when we see angels, we are thinking about these spirits from God. Now, what should we remember when we see the angels? From Hebrews chapter 1 and from some other books of the Bible, I want you to think about this. Remember to use your power to help others. Remember to use your power to help others. Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve. They have incredible power. If you and I decided to take on an angel, guess who wins? The angel, right? When Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed, guess who was involved in the destruction of that city? An angel. There's a story in the Bible about an army from Persia that had encamped around Jerusalem. And this army had conquered other nations, and this army had already destroyed other cities in Israel. And the king, Hezekiah, I think, was in there, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to deal with it. And so the king just praying to God said we need help one night one angel was sent by God and 185,000 men were killed that night the israelites woke up in jerusalem and they looked out to the army that was besieging them and it was just dead bodies there is the king of of uh the king that was a part of this raid the opposing king we actually have historical artifacts where he wrote things on cylinders, and they're in the British Museum. And he talks about his raid on Israel. He talks about taking over and conquering much of the land. And when he gets to the siege of Jerusalem, he just goes quiet. It just ends. Why? Because the king didn't want to record a defeat. We're killing them. We're doing good. We're taking over all these nations. We've surrounded Jerusalem. And then nothing. Why? An angel destroyed his entire army. That's power. That's power that's given from God. Not cuddly cute with little wings and bows and arrows, right? Massively powerful beings. Now that power is unleashed by God to serve and to minister to you. They're not using their power, unless God asks on occasion for destruction, they're using their power to protect. They're using their power to assist They're using their power to help. And we as created beings can be reminded when we see angels, angels are powerful. God has given you power. God has given you strength. God has given you might. How are you going to use it? Angels have power, but no pride. You see, angels do not use their power for themselves. Angels have tried to revolt. They've tried to become greater than God. They've tried to say, I think I want to do use my power for myself. I can be visible and invisible at the same time. That's pretty awesome. I think I should rule the world. And God has cast out those angels, Lucifer and, the, and his followers. They've recategorized them demons. And he created an entire place called hell where they're going to be for all of eternity because of their pride. But angels who are following the Lord have that same power, but no pride. Billy Graham said this, the great comfort in knowing angels minister to believers in Christ is that God himself sends them to us. That's why we don't worship angels. That's why we don't fear angels. That's why we don't pray to angels. We worship God because even angels are a gift in his creation. So what can we learn in this Christmas season? Well, this Christmas season, we need to be helpful and be humble. We need to be helpful and humble. Luke 14 says this, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, let's just say Christmas party, do not take the place of honor. I am here. Give me milk and cookies, right? Where's my present? I want the biggest one. Yeah, don't take the place of honor, but when you're invited, take the lowest place. I'm here, how can I help? How can I serve? What can I do for you? And what this passage says, teaches us is that if you take that posture, posture of a humble servant, the host might say to you, hey, hey, no, 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 don't, don't, that's okay. Don't do anything. I, I want to serve you. I want to bless you. And then you receive that blessing. But if you come in and you go, I'm here, I'm in charge. Where's my present? The host is going to be like, you sit down. You see, when we humble ourselves, God lifts us up. Amen? And we need to go through this season Thinking less about ourselves and more about how we can help. I want to say something in application particularly to dads and to husbands. It's easy to think you've earned your place. And that your kids need to defer to you. And that your wife needs to make you comfortable. Because you've been working all day and all year and the house wouldn't be there if you weren't there and the food wouldn't be on the table if you weren't. Listen, that's how I feel, right? Like my kid last night, she had bought bubble gum and I took a piece of bubble gum. It's bubble gum. It's in my house on my counter, right? Who ate my gum? How could you? That's my gum for school. And I'm like, no, no, no. My house, my couch, my iPad that you're playing with, right? Like, It's in my Mine. You don't have the gum without me. It doesn't exist. I get gum tax. You understand how this works? But if I humble myself and I say, instead of having a position of power over my daughter, I can come and I can serve her, that's a massive change. If I can say to my wife, you're not here to make me happy, I'm here to make you happy, Wow. That changes a lot. And so when we see an angel, think about this. You might have power, men, dad, husband. You might have power, boss. You might have power, business owner and teacher and coach. But what if you used your power humbly to serve others instead of promoting yourself? Second thing we learn from angels is this. Remember when you see an angel to use your freedom to obey God. Use your freedom to obey God. In Jude chapter 1 verse 9, you don't have to go there. It's just a couple of pages past Hebrews. In Jude Jude chapter 1 verse 9, there's this kind of blip of a verse in the middle of the conversation. And it talks about the archangel Michael who did not presume to pronounce judgment, but he said instead, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't say, I rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebuke you. You know who he was talking to? He was talking to Satan. Michael, an angel, an archangel, was fighting a former archangel, Lucifer, Satan, and they were wrestling over the body of Moses, right? Moses died, and in the Old Testament, we don't, it's never told to us what happened to his body. Probably because God miraculously removed his body so that his body would not become a shrine or a temple or a place people would flock to to meet this great hero of the faith. And so when Moses died, he was just removed from the scene and the Israelites continued to move on. This verse teaches us That there was a battle between Michael and Satan over the body of Moses. Satan wanted to use it for bad. Michael wanted to protect it. Because why? Angels are sent to minister to those who follow God, right? And so they're having this battle. And in that moment, Michael had power to defeat Satan, to judge him, to beat him, to destroy him. But he said, it's not my place. It's God's place to rebuke you." you. You don't think Michael's mad at Satan, do you? right? Imagine a partner who becomes a traitor. Imagine someone who was created to promote the will of God who now is seeking to destroy the will of God. Michael righteously hates Satan. He wants him dead and gone, and he's wanted him dead and gone for a very long time. Now he's at battle with him, and Michael says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to destroy you. I'm not going to go after you. Although I want to, I'm going to submit to the Lord's rebuking of you. It's his place. Not my will, but yours be done. You see, angels have free will, but they do not have control. I want to give you a a pro tip if you're buying a dog this December. All right? You go to the place to buy a dog and you walk in there and there's a bunch of puppies, pro tip number one, they're all freaking adorable, okay? So it's not gonna be like, I'm gonna see one, and I'm gonna love it. No, you're gonna love them all. That's how it happens. You're gonna love all the dogs. So somehow you gotta figure out which of these dogs am I gonna take home that's gonna pop out of a Christmas present, Christmas morning, and everyone's gonna love me forever. Now, I'm gonna pick a dog. Here's, here's what you do. You pick up a puppy, you flip it upside down so that its paws and its feet are facing in the air, and you wait for its reaction, all right? If you flip the puppy upside down, and it goes, no, no, get me out of here, freaking out, ah, ugh. don't buy that dog. Because <laughs> that's what's gonna happen for the rest of the dog's life. It's gonna be a high-maintenance, freak-out dog that's gonna want what it wants, and it's gonna try to take control over your lives. But if you pick up a puppy, and you put it in your arm, and you flip it upside down, and it goes, ah. That's the one. That's the one. Why? Although that puppy has free will, it can do whatever it wants to do. You want a puppy that's going to not want control. You're going to want a puppy that submits. You're going to want a puppy that does what you ask it to do. That's teachable. That's trainable. That's, that understands its place. It's a dog. You're a person. You're way bigger and smarter. It should obey and follow you, right? Angels understand that that's their position before God. That that they're not there to fight God's will, but they're there to submit peacefully to who God is. By the way, that's a reminder to us. How many of you are fighting God for control right now? You want what you want, you're upset that God is not fast enough. He's not clear enough. He's not direct enough. Maybe you think he's not present enough. And if you had your way, it would be different, doggone it. And you're trying to say, God, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And you're, you're exhausted because you're trying to be in control. You're the puppy going, give me out of here. I don't want to be in your arms. Instead, you should be like, God, this is all right. I'm good. I'm good. Wherever you want to go. However you want to take you know what that's called? That's called meekness. And the Bible says that we should be meek. Now meekness is not weakness, it's selfless. I'll say it again. Meekness is not weakness. It's not the absence of power, it's not the absence of free will. Meekness is not weakness, it's selfless. When you are meek, you literally say, "Nevertheless, not my will." but yours be done. So this Christmas season, be meek and give up control. Maybe what God is trying to say to you today is son and daughter, just submit. Submit to my word. Obey. Submit to my plan. Submit to my suffering. And God may be asking you to suffer right now. Submit to that. Submit submit to my joy. Submit, to my, su- submit your salary to me. Submit your kids to me. Just submit and rest, doggone it. Come to me, all you who are weary and labor, and I will give you rest. Do you believe that? Are you tired? Go to God and rest. Just stop struggling and let God take care of it. And then he will ask you to use your power for his will. And it's going to be spectacular and amazing when we give up control this Christmas season. The third thing we need to remember is this, ask yourself questions without doubt. You need to ask your questions of God, but without doubt. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 10 and 12, it talks about angels longing to look into these things. And what 1 Peter is talking about is the fact that Jesus God has a plan, right? Jesus has come so that you and I could have life and life eternal. Jesus was born to die. That's the reason we're we're celebrating Christmas. He died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to die, so that you wouldn't have to have the same punishment as Satan, so that you could have life everlasting. And if you submit your will, your hopes, your dreams, your sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. If you have not yet put your faith in Jesus, the plan is that you would put your faith in Jesus. Tell them that you're a sinner, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and that you want to believe and follow Jesus with the rest of your life. Then you get a bonus. Angels minister after you. So in this verse, it's talking about that plan. And it says that Jesus is going to suffer, that Jesus is going to die, but in the, in the end, his glory is going to be revealed. There's going to be a time where he comes back again. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be a moment where Satan and his demons are defeated. There's going to be a time where death and sin will be no more. There's going to be a time where we don't have to celebrate Christmas without actual God in front of us, right? There's going to be a time. And that's happening someday. And the angels are like when I want to know when I want to know when this is going to happen and they have all kinds of questions but you know what they don't have they don't have doubt they still follow God they know he's real they know he's in control but yet they have questions and so do you and so do I spiritual questions are natural spiritual questions are necessary you should ask God your questions all the time And here's what we say around here. The truth is not scared of questions. And so if you're exploring your faith, I want you to explore. I want you to seek out to understand, not because you're questioning who God is, but because you're trying to get to a greater understanding of that God. I can say, God, how do I know you're real? I'm not sure if you're there. That's a different kind of question than, God, I know you're there. How do I know you're real? I can ask that question and I don't have to doubt. That's how angels ask questions of God and it gives you a confidence, it gives you an ability to explore, to seek out the truth of who God is and so questions are great. Doubt is terrible and so as you wrestle through who God is, you should have no doubt that he's real. You should have no doubt that he exists. Why? Just look at this place. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the sunrise. I'm talking about the storms. I'm talking about the depths of the ocean and the peaks of the mountain. I'm talking about the the infinite vastness of the universe and the stars and the planets and the galaxies. Oh, yeah, there's a God, no doubt. Now, how do I figure that out? Go for it, right? Go for it. So in this Christmas season, as you think about who God is, I want you to explore your questions. But here's, here's the thing. I want you to be patient even when you don't have answers. This Christmas season, God might be asking you to be patient even though you don't have answers. How long have the angels been waiting to to figure this stuff out? Since the beginning of time. They've been asking God since the beginning of time. If the angels can wait on God from the beginning of time, you can wait on God for a lifetime. And be patient. No matter what you're going through, you might not have clarity, you might not have answers. God never promises those two things. So be patient and don't doubt. I know the story of a little blue fish who easily got confused. And although she had an important task to find that Nemo character, she would just kind of swim through this vastness of the ocean that she was in. And when she wasn't sure what she was doing, when she wasn't sure how to get there, when she wasn't sure her very clear next step, she had a motto, a mantra, if you will, a song in her heart. And it just went like this. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I want to change it for you this morning, Christian. Can we learn from a little blue fish? Just keep trusting. Just keep trusting, just keep trusting, just keep trusting. No matter what you're going through right now, just keep trusting. Questioning your faith? Just keep trusting. Big, hard, scary trial? Just keep trusting. Not sure what's happening in the future? Just keep trusting. Have you lost your job? Just keep trusting. Did your car die? Just keep trusting. Just keep trusting. Colossians 1, 10 through 11 says, we're praying that you endure everything and that you even have patience. By the way, God's probably even using angels to help you through this season. Just keep trusting. So when you see an angel, if you're going through something hard, remember, they're waiting on God, and so can you. And lastly, remember this, you need to proclaim without shame. How spectacular is Luke chapter 2, right? And the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, and suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Like, I think about the rapture, and I, I think about the rapture, and I think about this moment. There's going to be a moment where everybody, everywhere, past or present, all of a sudden, at one time, suddenly, is in the presence of God, and yeah, we're going to sing, all right? It's going to happen at that moment. It's, it's going to be am- amazing and unbelievable, and we're all going to be together, and it's going to be totally spectacular. These angels showed up suddenly. For me, the word suddenly has been sticking out the last week as I've studied this passage, and some of you were waiting on God, and you might just be on the cusp of a season where God suddenly answers a prayer where God suddenly shows up with his army of angels to solve that problem. Where God suddenly swoops in and gives you clear clear direction or strong faith. That suddenly moment when you experience it is amazing. Amen. Now God can suddenly do anything he wants to do. And in this moment these angels appeared suddenly and spectacularly and guess what they said? They didn't say, "Hey, look at me. I'm shining like a star." They said, "Look at God. He's awesome." And they have a message, angel literally means messenger, they have a message that they are not ashamed of. They have a message, but no shame. And the angel said, I bring you good news. Friend, brother, and sister, you have the best news and the greatest gift in the world. And it's Jesus Christ. And who are you shamelessly telling about Jesus? Come on now, get on it. We got a season where we got to talk about God because everyone is decorating with stars, angels, and and babies, right? You know what that's about? It's about my Savior. And when Jesus has changed my life, I want to invite that Jesus to change your life too. And no, I'm not going to stop talking about it because it's awesome. I have a message without shame i'm not a jerk with my message i don't beat people on the head with my message but i can't stop talking about my jesus and so i'm going to shine bright for jesus amen Amen. come on guys let's talk about god i almost titled this message use your yapper (laughs) and you got to tell people why god is awesome in your life how he shows up how you're waiting on him all of the amazing things that has happened because of who God is. You are here today because of the gift and the power and the grace of God. And you've got one mission. Go and make disciples. Get on it. Write a note. Have coffee. Sit down again. Put a sign out. for. I don't care what you do or how you do it. But let's share Jesus spectacularly. I've given you an assignment. Hand out an invite card for Christmas Eve. How you doing? Well, I just don't know if it. get the cards and hand them out. No shame, people. Let's go. How easy is that? It is low-hanging fruit in the business of making disciples. And so go and do it. And then whatever God calls you to do, remember, pray every day for people who aren't saved. Invest, build relationships, and then use your yapper. Invite them to Christ. And give the message that God has from you. Look at what the angels do, man. And this is what we need to be. This Christmas season, be shameless when sharing Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. Right? Why? Because Jesus is amazing. He's amazing. And I love him. And I want my friends, and I want my neighbors, and I want my families to love him too. Because it's best and when you have Jesus you have life more abundantly and life eternal if I could give anyone that gift this season that's the gift I want to give and I'll spend millions of dollars to let's shamelessly talk about Jesus now here's here's the dream right you got angels doing their thing and their thing is pretty spectacular they're reminding us that we need to do our thing Right? We got power, we got questions, we got freedom, and I'm gonna use those to serve God, I'm gonna use those for God. What if angels and nature sang? What if heaven and nature sings together? What spectacular thing could happen if we join the angels in the message? of spreading God. What spectacular thing could happen if we used our power along with the angels to help others? What spectacular thing could take place if we used our freedom, right, to submit to God? What if, what if we had our questions answered without doubt by Jesus and we asked them without doubt? If heaven and nature could sing together, man, the sky's the limit. That's what God has designed in Hebrews chapter one. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, saving mankind with the assist by angels to do the good work that God is calling us to do. They've got the spiritual realm covered. Our job is the physical. And so let's, along with heaven, let's be the nature that sings. And if you don't do it, God's going to ask the rocks and the trees to clap their hands. We want to celebrate like no, like never before this Christmas Eve, so be a part of that spectacular moment. I'm going to pray and then Chris is going to dismiss us. God and Heavenly Father, as we think about who you are this Christmas season, every time we see an angel, would you remind us of one of these truths? God, it's, it's infinitely fathomable to, to think about the, the idea that angels have power but no pride. Lord, that angels have freedom but no control. Lord, the angels have questions, but no doubt. Lord, the angels have a message, but no shame. Would you help us to learn from our friends, the angels, how to follow Jesus? Lord, and when we see these symbols, would you remind us this season of the meaning of Christmas? And give us the boldness to share it with others. Lord, would we see many of our friends, family, and neighbors come to Christ this season? God, would you answer that prayer in a spectacular way? And would you send your angels to help us get her done? In your precious name we pray, amen. Hey, I hope that that was an encouragement to you. And again, I'm glad that you've joined us today. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And if you heard something that lifted your spirits, hey, take a moment to share it with your friends online. Again, we'd love to hear from you. So go to branchlife.church and fill out that connection card. Let us know that you worshiped with us and let us know how we can pray for you. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. And till then, God bless and have a great rest of your week.